Life's busy and people have less time than ever to shop during the day. But thanks to the open all hours ethos of buying stuff online, they don't have to. Now that expectation of 24-7 service has extended beyond the simple transaction. People want answers from brands as soon as they think of the question. That doesn't mean you have to be plugged in 24-7 yourself. With a little help from our old friend Tech, you can be there even when you're not there. How? Stay right where you are. I'm Kate Russell and this is In Good Company, the show full of SME chat with a slice of tech, brought to you by BT. Cut to the chase. Nine till five business hours no longer cut it, especially if you're a consumer, as those are the hours you have your head down at work yourself. It doesn't stop us consuming, and why would it? NASDAQ have reported that 18% of all UK retail purchases will occur online this year, and by 2040, that figure could rise to as much as 95%. If you want to future proof your business, you're going to have to offer 24-7 sales, which means your customers will expect 24-7 service. Ouch, I know. It's not ideal if you don't have the technology in place, but you can't afford to ignore this trend. Technology has spoiled consumers and they won't have the patience to wait for your reply if they can take their online business elsewhere. The good news is they don't expect a human to be there to answer their every whim night and day. If you're a bit of a reluctant adopter yourself, you might be stuck in the old mindset of people prefer talking to people. But research has shown that 90% of consumers expect brands to have a self-service option so they can get the answers to simple questions without having to wait for you to start work. Small and medium businesses can win big with this new tech. From covering more ground with a small team to keeping track of every customer interaction, the right apps and tools can change the game. Yet a third of UK business leaders say that when it comes to adopting new technology, they're not quick. And I'd say that's not good. So why are we shying away from tech that can help us make our businesses even better? To answer that in today's episode of In Good Company, I'm talking to two SMEs who go all out to be there for their customers when it matters most. And we'll find out how they use tech to make the whole process easier. I'm also joined by not one, but two experts in the studio today, and together we'll be exploring how we can overcome our tech fears as SMEs. So welcome to the studio, our fantastic duo of SMEs, Isabel Mills, Customer Delight Manager at Bloom and Wild, and Will Mapstone, founder of Wash Doctors. Hello to you both. Hello. Okay. Welcome. And no episode, of course, of In Good Company would be complete without an expert. We've doubled down today. In the studio with me is best-selling author and customer service expert, Michael Heppel. Hello. Hello. And BT's own head of customer insight and futures, Dr. Nicola Millard. Hello to you. Hello, Kate. Welcome, everybody. Um, It's going to be a really interesting chat today because this is one of those areas that's changed so much recently over the last few years. And Michael, I'm glad that you're nodding furiously through that because uh, before we go and speak to Will and Isabel about their experiences, I thought it would be good to get an overview from the man who quite literally wrote the book on the subject um, of how to delight customers. So why is it so important for businesses to respond fast when their customers need them? Well, you know, people expect more. They want to pay less. They want it bigger and better than ever before and they want it faster. 
So with that expectation in mind, the job is to provide brilliant levels of service. Now, that's a real challenge because, of course, when people want to pay less and you have to provide more, you've got to use a few tricks of the trade. So the first thing, it has to start with intent. Do you really want to delight your customers or are you just saying that you want to delight your customers? Because you're going to get caught out very, very quickly if you're just saying it and you don't want to invest in it and invest time in it. So that's number one. Secondly, it's not rocket science. Okay, that sounds like a bit of a cliche to say that, but it's not rocket science. The things that people want are pretty simple. They want to be told that, yes, I've been heard. I know that there's a challenge. I know that there's something that you want. I'm being heard. Secondly, they want a solution pretty quickly, as quickly as possible. And thirdly, they want it to be frictionless on the way so that you don't have to do multiple touch points to get to where you need to get to. Do those things, and I think you're pretty well onto a home run already. Mm, absolutely. Um, now, you deliver talks and training at organisations of all shapes and sizes, but when it comes to small and medium businesses in particular, what kinds of opportunities do you think exist to upturn the big guys by responding fast and around the clock? I mean, that's it. You've, you've just nailed it there, Kate. The point is that smaller businesses can work faster. And, and having that flexibility and being, you know, being agile and saying, oh, we could change this right now. We could change this today. We're going to hear from two businesses who I know will change things from the morning to the afternoon because the insight of their customers is very direct. They've got that hands-on approach and, and really listening to customers. You know, we, were, we were talking a little bit earlier when we were having a coffee and having a chat with, uh, before we came into the studio and we were talking about big data. You know, big data is the real big thing. We're going to gather all this data. Actually, insight comes sometimes from four or five conversations. A trend happens. You know, it's four or five people have asked for the same thing in a day. What's happening? Let's react to that. Small businesses can do that. Bigger ones find it more difficult. Um, brilliant. Well, let's bring in our SMEs and see what their experience um, is in this field. Will, let's go to you first. Your business, Wash Doctors, embodies the frictionless experience, really, and the idea of being there when your customers need you, quite literally, in fact. So tell us about your business and delivering where and when you deliver. Yeah, so Wash Doctors is an on-demand waterless car wash. So imagine Uber or Deliveroo for car washing. Uh, we see customer service as the very core of our business, really. And we see it as quite an interesting perspective as a gig economy business where you have almost two customers. So we have our wash doctors, who we see as our customers, as well as the traditional paying customers. And balancing those two can be tricky sometimes. You know, we've had uh, simple things can change throughout the day. Maybe there's... Uh, a washer has spends longer on a vehicle than was anticipated and the whole picture for that day for that route for that washer completely shifts and understanding how that impacts the customer and what we can do to make sure the customer's on board with what we're doing and isn't it's not going to be displeased with it is uh, is a constant ongoing challenge i suppose for you as well i mean this is you know you you're a small Growing rapidly, but small business, you offer, you know, sort of a, a, a low value in terms of low cost service, right? When you have your car cleaned, it's not sort of something you need a second mortgage for generally. Mm. Um, and so being able to do that efficiently in an age before people had smartphones and the ability to, to sort of see where you are and, 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 you know, when you're coming, I guess you would have had to have hit a time slot, wouldn't you? And now you can actually be a bit more flexible because the customer knows where you are. They can see there's transparency about that. Yeah, completely, completely. So it's uh, building in the technology to allow customers to stay up to date with the progress of what's going on when it's always like a moving picture with all of our wash doctors is, is can be a challenge. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's always something that we're keen to sort of progress with technology. Yeah. Um, making sure that we implement stuff. So 
simple things like the wash doctors always knowing where they are all the time on their app and what part of the service because we're constantly evolving the app um, and having the customer with it, all the information in their hands such as sort of uh, knowing where they are in the queue and how long it's going to be because you want the customer to have all that information to hand but as a small business it's really difficult to get that to them at an early stage you, because you don't start the finished products. People like Deliveroo and Uber, as a small business, you start, they're expecting to see the same technology in a, in a business that only started a year ago that's had significantly less investment. So it's it's difficult to provide for the customer because they are expecting very, very high levels of like response times and uh, sort of customer service. But if you're only a small business, you don't have the resources to put towards it. So it's difficult to get over that hurdle. And technology really helps us do that. And and it's something that like, is always evolving for the business and is definitely a priority in, in all of our thoughts. Well, let's bring you in now, Isabel. Um, I, I've heard Bloom and World described as equal parts technology company and florist. Um, I'm guessing that doesn't mean you deliver robotic roses, um, just a guess. <laughs> I also love that you call yourself customer, or you, the customer service managers, I guess that's the role, are, are actually customer delight managers. This is going to resonate very much with it. what Michael said. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing tech plays a big part in that role. And, you know, we've been speaking about frictionless experiences, uh, you know, sort of transparent experiences for the customer. Are these ethoses that are important to you? Yes, absolutely. So across the whole company, we we probably would describe ourselves as a tech company. Um, we obviously have a physical product of, of the flowers themselves, um, but everything else is underpinned by tech. So from the website and the app to place the order, um, through our operations team, yeah, everything has got a real a real tech underlying in including our customer delight team um, so we try to kind of remain innovative to use as many different technologies as we can throughout as many different ways um, so whether it's providing my team with all the information they need on the screen so you don't need to be continually asking customers who they are or finding out more information about them we try and surface as much as we can without without them thinking that we know every little detail about their life we don't want to don't want to creep them out um and then yeah through lots of different things trying with this self-service uh, we want to make it as easy for customers to find the answers they need uh, primarily so that we've got the the manpower to be able to speak to them because the one thing we don't want to do is stop customers getting in touch and speaking on the phone that's where you make real relationships with people um especially with something like flowers they're an incredibly emotive gift you send them for a specific reason um and although they can be it's either really joyous reasons or really sad reasons um or you've got something really <coughs> to apologize for exactly <laughs> it's very whatever it is it's very very important um so we i mean we absolutely want to be there when things go wrong we recognize the importance of you're not just going to have a self-serve apology it's not going to cut it but equally we want to be free and available to talk to our customers when things have gone really right and share in their kind of sharing their delight as well um but yeah technology makes all of that possible uh frees people up gives them the tools they need um for us to yeah deliver the best experience we can i guess um buying flowers still feels like an incredibly personal thing to do um how do you make sure that your support gives customers that reassurance that they're dealing with you one-on-one -on -one and it's not just a you know a, a robot in a in a server center somewhere just spitting out orders um, I think it's a big, um, and we're focusing quite a lot on aligning and matching tech with the personality. Um, so it's using tech to enable us 
to personalise things. So it might be using tech to populate um, some pre-written text, but actually I'm still formulating the email and I'm still writing the details about your you know, the recipient being your mum and, you know, hope she has a lovely day and those kind of things and signing it off as I would. It's not just robot-generated answers. Somebody's still checking over it. Somebody is actually taking the time to go in and inspect the details of the order and make sure things actually are running as we'd expect. So we, yeah, focus a lot on using tech in order to free up my team to be able to add personality um, and, and real personality rather than just, you know, insert mum's name here. It's, yeah, it's taking time to, to sit back and properly read it through. Dear insert name, yeah. I really love you. Have these flowers. <laughs> it's not the kind of message you want to get on a card. Um, Will, I'd love to bring you back in, actually, uh, because it's uh, it's going to be interesting to know how you tailor the support you provide to give your customers a sense of reassurance in the same way. Um, you're often dealing with some very flash cars, I, I would imagine, um, and probably one of the biggest purchases that a, a person will make behind their house. Um, how do you make sure, um, though, that the support you offer your customers, they feel like their cars are in safe hands? Yeah, and completely. That's a really big challenge uh, to get people to truly believe that they are in safe hands. The first thing we do is well, it's more of just a operational requirement, but it really helps customers to know that all of our wash doctors on the road are fully insured and the car is secure. But beyond that, something that you, you, we were touching on before is that having a, a real person on the end of the phone, when we're a small business, we want to build a brand and it's kind of like you may come across wash doctors for the first time on a Facebook ad and you know, then you download the app, you sign up and it's saying you can get your car washed outside your house in the next hour and a half. And it's kind of a bit of a disbelief. So we get people calling up and they want to speak to a person for the reassurance. And for us, as much as we want to build um, the technology to for the self-service stuff, we need to have that reassurance there for the customer that there isn't just someone is going to turn up and we are aware of what's going on with their app and everything. So to make sure that they know that they're not just, they're not going to purchase something and then no one turns up and it was just a bit of a, false sense of security online so it's really important for us while we're building the brand and the name for the company that someone can always get through to someone and talk over how the process is going to work before they actually purchase but yeah we always want to make sure that we're available for the customers who are a bit skeptical and obviously we're trying to make the reviews from the reviews from our current customers as obvious as possible because a, a car is as you say someone's on average, someone's second most valuable asset and they want to make sure that it's not that it's not going to get damaged and it's in safe hands. And I think traditionally car washing has been an industry where, you know, you, you never get that guarantee. And I think that's actually one of the positive sides of the, the way the business is set up. I suppose you have a perceptual kind of leap to, 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 to um, traverse as well in terms of, you know, you're going to wash my car without any water. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is definitely something that... It, that customers initially uh, a bit question. And that's why the sort of social proof is is absolutely vital for us. Like uh, stuff like Instagram is great because they can see the cars that we are washing are very high end. And that sort of adds the second level of like, they do actually do some expensive cars. Um, and, but yeah, it is, it, once it's happened and people come back, they, they are kind of in disbelief. And then that's what sort of urges them to go and write good reviews. Mm -hmm. 
um, because it, it is it is it's not just a new way of delivering a car wash in terms of purchasing and where it's done. It's also a new process. So it's it's like two things you're trying two hurdles you've got to get the customer over, which is uh, which is it can be a challenge. But then when the customers get to the other side of the other side of the the hill and they've had their car wash and they come back and it's great, then it's it adds that extra level of delight. Um, given that you, you know, both said that you want to give, uh, you know, sort of that always on experience, but you also want to give the personalized feel and, and, you know, and have them feel like they're actually being listened to by a person. What, what are your feelings about chatbots and AI? Cause we hear a lot of talk about this in the field of, 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 um, customer service at the moment and how much work, you know, particularly chatbots are doing. Is that something that you use that you have considered? Would you not consider it for what reason? Um, I would say for now, the stage that Wash Doctors is at, which is a very early stage, is that it's not something I'd consider for a while. I think whilst we're building a brand and whilst we want to actually make sure hands-on that there is that customer delight there, we, I would personally want anything like that to go through an, a, a human. I think maybe, you know, five, ten years down the line when AIs come on a lot and we know our customers better because our business is constantly evolving, not just the technology, but the services we provide, the way we provide it. We're listening to our customers, we're getting that feedback and we're changing. As soon as you start introducing, uh, you know, more levels of technology, it kind of lifts that out of the hands of the, the core business. I think for us, it's very it's very key for us to understand our customers at the moment as we grow to make sure we are providing the right product. Um, and I think for now, it, the way in which we want to integrate the tech is to make it easier for a smaller team to implement, smaller real human-based team to implement the customer delight side of it rather than it being all tech. Mm-mm. Are you, you're nodding along there, Isabel. You're feeling the same. Yeah, we're we're doing a mixture. Um, so we are um, obviously a bit bigger. We've been around for five years, and our team, well, our, our company is growing incredibly quickly. Um, so we do need to utilise some of those things, especially around. Um, we have big gifting peaks at Christmas, Valentine's Day, and Mother's Day, uh, but we, we physically cannot do it all ourselves definitely not with the the current team size that we have at the moment um but we are again trying to to marry the two um so i am pro chatbots uh, for our company definitely if it's clear you're talking to a robot we're not going to disguise it as a person and maybe they can take your question and give you a couple of faqs see if it helps and if it doesn't put you straight through to a person mm -hmm. it means that saves my team time giving the replies over and over again um but equally doesn't detract from that that personal experience um the same with ai we're looking at situation uh, solutions that will you know will read through an email and say hey isabel here's the here's the answer i think would be best for this person and i say great add in my personality um rather than it just fires off an email to the customer without me checking it without checking it's relevant i think ai is brilliant but it's not yet possibly not ever going to be it's never going to read something and get it 100 percent right yeah. it's actually a technology uh, a, a sort of a, an idea of technology that we don't even realize but we're using a lot at the moment you know a lot of email clients will actually uh, or, or and spell checkers and grammar checkers will actually be informed by the data that exists on your computer nicola it seems like a really good time to bring you in here um you know we've we've heard from two businesses who clearly are you know on the money they've got their their finger on the pulse they are um you know happy to adopt new technologies and and actually have a very balanced view that you know having that good balance between automation but also maintaining that personal 
um, contact. That's not the case for everyone, though, is it, Nicola? Why, why, why do so many small businesses, small and medium businesses, kind of shy away from the use of tech? Well, I always say that, uh, I mean, the approach taken with our lovely two examples is that uh, really innovation is, it starts with the customer. The customer is the ultimate disruptor. And I think one of the problems with um, with technology is sometimes it's very, very new and shiny and it looks very attractive and people just go, I want it. Chatbots are a classic example. The, the number of people that go, I want a chatbot to me and I'm going, well, why do you want a chatbot? Um, uh, they often go, well, everyone else is using them. And I'm going, well, that's probably not not a good reason. So we need to start with the customer, understand what the customer needs, use the data better. So that's another thing around making sure, you know, if, if you've got data coming in, for goodness sake, listen to it. And that includes compla complaints. Um, there's a classic Benny Hill quote that says, uh, just because no one complains does not mean all parachutes are perfect. Um, and frankly, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of advice. Complaints can give you incredible insights as to what customers are thinking. So you, you've got to try and sort of make sure that you leverage your data well. But then when you put technology in, I think it always needs to... So Customers are driven by a few things. I'm, I'm a psychologist, so I'm interested in why customers do this stuff. So we've already talked about frictionless. We're inherently lazy as customers. So uh, one of the things we need to think about when we put innovation in into the customer experience is how does it make it easier for customers? Uh, if it doesn't make it easier for customers, I think the case for putting the technology in is, is somewhat limited. Um, so, And you, again, we, we've actually just done a, a few experiments with Alexa skills, for example. So a lovely, shiny new piece of technology. And we just did a comparison, actually with an airline, so a slightly bigger business, but um, but looking at checking in and getting your boarding pass using the app and then using an Alexa skill. Um, it took us about two minutes using the app and it took us nearly six using the Alexa skill. So you're sort of thinking, well, if you're looking at value for time, actually... Mm, the new technology is not necessarily making it easier for me. So actually, let's do it through the app anyway. So yeah. so that's the first thing. Control is the second thing that's a really powerful thing with customers. And that's why self-service works. So again, good self-service, as long as it's easy, puts customers in control. You give them the tools that help them to do what they need. And customers are completely goal-directed. You know, um, they want things to get them to their goal easily. Um, so if we can put good technology in through things like the smartphone, the smartphone's our window on the world now so it has to come through an app or is smartphone enabled so how do we make you know it really easy um in terms of that interface so so easy and control are two of the really big things that we need to look at now i work in the innovation space in bt again it's a lot around well lots of shiny new technologies we're spotting exciting stuff in the market and i then have to step back and say What's in it for the customer? The WIFMs. Um, so what do we need to put in to absolutely help the customer to get to their goal in a frictionless way and put them in control? Good point, actually. Um, Michael, don't use technology for technology's sake. Do you think this, you know, I've seen it over the 23 years or, or so that I've been following tech trends in the media. Um you know, a new tech trend comes up, everybody wants a part of it because a few people have made a huge success using it. And then suddenly they're, they, they've got all of these new systems and processes that they don't really understand why they've done it. Yeah, and it goes back to exactly the thing that we start with about intent. 
You know, and that's such a brilliant example about the airline. You know, just think about that. Everybody knows how to check in. Everybody knows how to. But when you get on board, that's when that that's the moment of truth. The interaction and the interaction moment for Will is when that person goes out and does the car, and for Isabel, it's when you receive those flowers and and how that makes you feel. And it's emotion. And when we can tap into emotion and use that in the right way with the right intent, that's when you're going to have loyal customers. And loyalty is the real key here because people talk about customer satisfaction. Let me tell you, customer satisfaction is worthless. Absolutely worthless. Forget about it. Customer loyalty, that's where it's at. Because when you have loyal customers, then you can start thinking about the lifetime value of a customer. So it might be a small transaction to to pay for your car to be valid, but if you get into the habit of doing that once every couple of weeks because you want it to look sparkly and nice, or if you start to order flowers and not just for an occasion, but actually because I like to get them and they feel good in my house, I'm going to start buying myself flowers. And and Isabel is going to start and deliver that. Well, not Isabel personally, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but they start to arrive. Then think about the lifetime value of that it's absolutely huge but you won't get that through technology you get that through technology making it easier to have an emotional connection that's a very good point as well um there is this kind of you know okay so we're saying be cautious don't just get technology for technology's sake well talk Um, talk to experts talk to people who want to help you to get there but how do you know they're an expert and not just somebody who wants to sell you something that they've got to sell because they'll listen to you first because their customer service will be brilliant Ah, you'll you'll have an okay. interaction with them where they'll really want to understand what you want to achieve, what your business wants to achieve, and how you want to interact with your customers. And if they've asked the right questions and then come up with a solution that fits that, then that's a great start. If somebody comes on and goes, "You need this," before they've even listened, I would I would be a little yeah exactly yeah. I'd be a little bit doubtful about an organisation that would say that. Yeah, right. Um, Well, listen, I mean, it sounds like an awful lot to do, right? If you're sitting at home listening to this or sitting in your car on the train listening to this podcast, you're thinking, I haven't got any of this in place. My life is about to change. Um, Let's turn to our experts, Um, Michael, Nicola. what, What are the small steps people can take to sort of get themselves into the groove? Michael, let's start with you. Well, I think start with the platforms that are already there. Things like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Pinterest, review sites, all those things. Embrace that. You know, that's a great way to talk to customers. And it's it's available and it's free. So make sure that you're doing that well, first of all. No point at all in creating a fantastic AI chatbot if you're not responding to people on Twitter. So that's number one. Secondly, you know, start and do some research yourself. There's, there's a lot of things out there. There's some great articles. Get excited about, about technology and, and think, you know what? It's, it is going to make my life better. It already makes my life better now. You know, when was, how many people arrived by horse today? You know, we arrived in, in cars and we arrived <laughs> well, on, you know, it's, <laughs> you would like to have arrived on your horse. Yeah. So it's kind of, so we say things are changing, things are evolving. Um, I don't have to be a first mover. I don't, I'm a small business. I'm not going to be the person who's going to throw my everything into one or one innovation. I'm going to have a go at a few little bits and bobs and get some help and get some advice from other people. Have conversations, ask, find out, and test. Nicola, what do you think of this sort of like? What are the small wins that businesses can do uh, along this kind of journey? Well, again, I think firstly get the basics right. Um, I think some people try and run before they can walk. So let's make sure it's all working and the basics are right and we're listening to customers and it's working for customers. And then ask the question, you know, how do I make 
life easier for customers? Um, how do I put them more in control? How do I deliver the right service through the right technology, whether that's a smartphone or an app or, you know, uh, Twitter? You know, how do, how do I actually leverage the power of that technology to enhance my brand? And then equally, how do I leverage the power of my people to enhance my brand? And actually, how do I augment my people as well so that they're not doing the, the dull stuff anymore? They're not having to do admin work. Um, they are actually you know, applying their brain to make things better for customers as well. So how do we, uh, on that flip side, how do we make it easier for employees to serve customers as well as how do we make it easier for customers to serve themselves? Absolutely. Uh, Isabel, from your perspective, I mean, we've got great minds around the table. We may as well sort of do it when we're approaching the end of our time together now. So let's just let's just have a little bit of a um, sort of gather our thoughts and, and pitch in with a few ideas from everybody. What do you think, starting with you, Isabel, um, uh, what are the ways, what's the best advice you can give anyone listening to this podcast? They're a small, medium-sized business. They perhaps haven't you know, sort of gone the technology route so far. They obviously know the importance of, um, of good customer service and the, um, the danger of bad customer service. Um, and they are understanding now that it needs to be 24-7. What would be your sort of having a cup of tea with them, calming them yeah. down advice? <laughs> um, so I suppose like two bits first, a bit more general. Um, we've probably already touched on it, but you don't need to do everything at once. So you don't suddenly need to be having chatbots that use AI and have an automated voice on the end of the phone. You know, all those things at once is just unrealistic. You're going to scare away all your regular customers. You can't just Google chatbot and then hope that a relevant one pops up for you. So I think, yeah, experience and, and yeah, going after what, brands that you like and finding out what they do. And I think it's it. a really a really good point about, you know, don't be afraid to ask other people what they're doing because people generally, I mean, this is why we're here, right? We're all here because we want to share information to help others in our situation. Will, what would be your advice to everybody about how they get started? Yeah, I think what Isabel said is absolutely spot on. Look at companies that are similar to the stage where you're at and also Understand what your customers would expect from your service at the stage it's at. Understand the type of customers you have, um, what level of technology they would want to see from it. For us, for example, we have a lot of people who are not as much in the tech world, maybe older customers. So, you know, they, they, they still are maybe slower to adopt new things. And that's something we need to look into. So understanding your customers before making the decision on what technology you're going to go with. Mm. Would you ever sort of ask them? I mean, is it, is it, or is there, there sort of a, the the risk there that you're opening the door to too much input and they might try and, you know, sort of no, sway your decision? I think at the stage we're at, it, it's great to get people involved in, in that sense. And we do, a lot of our customers get really involved with our emails and we ask people questions all the time. Um, we try not to be too annoying, but it really, it really helps us... Uh, it really helps us with informed decisions as to what to add next into the technology and what people are actually looking for, uh, what their biggest bugbears are currently. Um, yeah, we definitely ask people all the time. So, Nicola, you're, you're a psychologist. What is the sort of mindset around doing that, around letting people have some kind of input as to how you shape your business, your customers? Well, I guess it's the ultimate impersonalization, listening to your customer and responding. So feedback loops are, well, firstly, incredibly important to learn from, but also in terms of customer engagement, closing that loop. So if the customer has bothered to give you feedback, whether it's positive or negative, it doesn't matter. Uh, but if they've bothered and, and actually spent the time telling you something that you probably need to know, actually acknowledging that, not just acknowledging that, but also saying, 
I'm doing this as a result um, can be incredibly powerful for engagement. So um, in terms of, you know, customers shaping their own propositions and demonstrating personalization and demonstrating that you're really and truly listening and responding to your customers, I think it's absolutely vital. And that obviously can lead to things like greater loyalty because you've proved that you're listening and loyalty is not a one-way affair i keep saying if you if you look at human loyalty it's it's a give-take relationship um and i think uh, it's actually quite difficult to do in a corporate sense because it tends to be more take than give um but if you can listen and respond back um that's that's true loyalty behavior um so in terms of creating loyalty creating those feedback loops is absolutely vital now, you know, we're talking about the relationship between consumer and um, brand or s- seller, in this case, seller of service. Um, but when you're looking for a technology partner, I suppose that sort of trust and loyalty is even more important or as important? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think um, when, when you look in the sort of, uh, I'm actually doing some stuff on business to business relationships at the moment. And it's quite interesting when you look at that, that it tends to be more around partnership than buyer seller. Um, so, you know, how do, how does a technology company actually listen and understand to their customer, their customers uh, and then respond back, not by saying, hey, this is the answer, but by saying I've listened to you and I think this is the, the best option for you based on what I've heard. And then again, experiment, play, you know, figure out, is this the right thing? Um, so I think a, a lot of this comes down to partnership. Mm. What would be your then closing top tip for people in terms of getting themselves into a position where they can start to offer this sort of human customer support, but be there when their customers need them? I think the most important thing is that all the things we've been talking about, all these great ideas, all the technologies are just an enabler. If you've got it in your heart to really want to provide great customer service, that's where it has to begin. And, and then telling people, sometimes people have these great bragging rights about we've got this, we've got this chatbot, we've got artificial intelligence, we're doing this, we're doing that. At the end of the day, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I love it. That seems like a very good place to end this discussion. I could literally talk about this with all of you all day. It's been fascinating. Um, but Will and Isabel, even though you won't have customer queries piling up while you've been here, I'm sure you want to get back to the business of doing amazing business. Um, I know Nicola and Michael are busy people too. So thank you all of you so much for sharing your time and insights with us today. Um, for me, a few key words really have come out, it, you know, sort of frictionless, obviously. It's, it's, a, it's a given we started right at the beginning talking about frictionless and a personal and flexible customer experience. Transparency is very important, you know, so that the customers know how you're using their data and know what to expect from you as a brand. Um, don't do tech for tech's sake, though. Make sure you get a trusted partner um, and make sure that you remember the human connection and the reason why you went into business serving human beings in the first place is presumably you want to delight them, right? And as ever, thank you so much. You have been delightful here in the studio as well. Um, Dr. Nicola Millard, Michael Heppel, Will Mapstone and Isabel Mills. And thank you as well for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a shout out on Twitter. You can tag us in on at BT Business and let us know what you found most useful. That's all from me, Kate Russell, in good company. insights help and advice on staying open in business head to bt.com forward slash stay open 
And don't forget to check out our other podcasts in this series of In Good Company. Goodbye.